What's up, everybody? I'm Juan Antonio, and thank you very much for listening to Five Minutes of Faith. Well, first off, I want to start the show by uh, saying thank you very much for listening. And also, last week, I wasn't feeling the greatest. uh, As I mentioned on my last pod, I actually was feeling a little under the weather and I caught a pretty bad cold and apparently my brain still wasn't working at a hundred percent. And I gave you guys a peek uh, behind the curtain uh, when it comes to recording this. So I normally start myself off with a countdown with the three, two, one, go. I kick off the beat and all that. And you guys uh, heard that. And it was weird because um, originally the pod didn't, uh, upload and it, uh, the system kicked me out. So I re-uploaded it and I thought I re-uploaded the edited, uh, piece, but no, I, uh, uploaded the unedited uncut behind the scenes, <laughs> uh, version of it. So that's why you guys got the three, two, one. And by the time I realized that's what happened, I, you know, I couldn't go back and delete it and start it over again. So, um, Yeah. Just wanted to say thank you for uh, putting up with that, and I appreciate the prayers. I'm doing a whole lot better. I don't know if you could hear it in my voice, but my nasal uh, cavities are nice and clean. My throat is clear. I am good to go. So uh, over the last week, um, nothing too crazy has happened, which is good. You know, as you know, Nicole and I have had... A lot of craziness as of late, but we are so grateful um, that things are are going well. Nicole's lip is healing nicely. Um, We have cancer scans in March to see, uh, you know, that she's still cancer free, uh, God willing. And uh, actually this last week, I actually had like a bit of a cool experience. Um, I got a new radio installed in my Jeep and... It's funny because the place that I went to get it installed was is right across from where I used to bring my old Mercedes. So I used to drive a 2001 or 2002, yeah, 2001 Mercedes C320. I drove that thing to the ground. It had like 200,000 miles and I would just fix stuff and I was paying like three grand here, two grand there, just so I didn't have to have any more car payments or have any car payments because I, I, I love the no car payment life and eventually it just gave up and yeah. Um, but you know, the place where I got the radio installed in my Jeep was right across from it. And I was like, excuse me. I was like, man, like, look at God go. Like I used to come here all the time in this old janky beat up Mercedes, but look at him now. And not that, um, God is all about material things and that's not really where my heart is, but I I like looking back and seeing, gosh, look at you, God, like you are so awesome. You are so great. And before I get started here, I wanted to actually give you guys some pretty exciting news. Um, I'm going to have Pastor Justin Hamilton and his wife, Delicia Hamilton, on the show next week. Actually, I don't know if Delicia is going to be speaking, uh, but I will have Pastor Justin Hamilton. He is the pastor at Legacy Church. Uh, It's called Legacy Church AZ in Chandler, Arizona. Um, my wife, Nicole and I stopped by the church this last weekend to see what it was all about. And they are the truth, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to jump, I'm going to 
get into what I what my experience was there next week. So stay tuned. Also, um, I've gotten a lot of feedback about calling the podcast Five Minutes of Faith. Um, for now, I'm planning to keep the name, uh, but we will see in the future if it gets changed. So for now, remember, Five Minutes of Faith, where we encourage you to spend at least five minutes of your day with the Lord. So with that all with all of that being said, let's jump into this word. So <clears throat> I was uh doing some Bible studying and man, let me tell you like Jesus wanted or wants us to live our lives accordingly and he wants us to essentially practice what he preaches. You know, and he doesn't want us to judge one another and he doesn't want us to compare our our sins to like other sins and say, oh, I, my sin's not that bad. You know, at the end of the day, sin is sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. And back in uh, back in biblical days, there were these guys named the Pharisees and Pharisees actually used to be like religious uh, law keepers um, for the Israelites and they would seriously just, well, I shouldn't say that like all of them, but uh, a big number of them were maintaining the law and knowing the law, but they weren't showing good examples of what the law was. And when I say the law, it's like the Ten Commandments. And after the Ten Commandments, um, the Lord placed like 600 and something laws, and they were experts at, at that law. And if you were breaking them, they would let you know. They would shame you. They uh, they could even, you know, eventually get you um, to be like killed, you know. So Jesus kind of went, they, he went in on them and what Jesus was saying is that it's more important to do right than to know what is right. You know, like it's absolutely important to know what's right. Yes. But doing what is right is what matters the most. So I'm going to jump right in and read Matthew 23 verses 26 through 28. And here he is actually addressing the Pharisees directly. And what he says is you blind Pharisees, First, clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Oof. So this actually really um, spoke to me uh, because there was a point in my life and um, there, there are times even now where I'll look at what somebody's doing. And I'm like, I can't believe they're doing that, you know, and um, back in the day, I used to have a really hard time looking um at gangsters you know because i grew up in a household where my brother was a gangster and he put my family through a whole lot and i never understood why my parents still loved him so much and why they protected him so much you know i'm like i'm I'm a teenager at that point so from my uh teens all the way through like my mid-20s i had this resentment and this anger towards gangsters because i knew um 
I, I knew what they were doing, you know, and, and, and I experienced it firsthand, the pain that uh, they brought my family, that, that brought to my family. So I related gangsters to that all the time. And I just never really healed from it. I never forgave my brother from it. But at the time, I was also going to church. I was leading, uh, you know, I was helping lead the youth groups at, at this church. Yeah. But at the same time, on Saturday nights, I was going to the clubs, turning up and showing up to church to volunteer the next day. But I wasn't calling my own foul at that point. <laughs> I was just, oh, look at these gangsters. Oh, oh. And then the Lord just finally did a good work in me. And I realized, like, no, that's that's not how it should be. Because Jesus loved me exactly where I was. And if I, if I was being judged as harshly as I judged gangsters, then I wouldn't like that. So why am I, why am I doing that to people? So I thank God he did a good work in my heart. So um, the example that he uses here about whitewashed tombs that are beautiful on the outside, but hold nothing but like, you know, dead bodies on the inside. Oh, man, that's so powerful because before Jesus, that was me. I wanted to represent something that on the outside was clean, was squeaky clean. You know, something that people would look at and it's like, oh, he, he drives a Mercedes. Oh, he's a he's a sales manager at a bank. He's got a good job. Oh, he's not. You know, he's he's doing something in his life. But at the same time, deep down inside, I was full of pride, thinking that I did all of that by myself. I had the biggest chip on my shoulder because I wanted to prove to my parents that I was doing things and that I was making moves just so I could get their attention. You know, I, I, I wanted to uh, to get material things just like some of my friends did. I wanted to have all the females. I wanted to have the cars, the watches, the shoes. Um, but yeah, all of that was for what? For nothing. When I was dead inside. I wasn't showing compassion towards people. You know, I remember one time uh, a girl told me, you know, uh, if you continue doing this, your employees are not going to like you. And I said, I don't care. I'm not here to make friends. I, I, I've made enough friends in my lifetime. <sighs> Man, what a D-bag. Holy smokes. I get so upset with myself when I think about that. That that guy who on the outside wanted to look sharp, squeaky clean, but on the inside just so much like 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 dead inside and um like no heart. So Jesus doesn't want us to be that tomb. He wants us to live on the inside. He wants to change us from the inside out. He wants us to be alive on the inside and have that the, the the rivers of living water on the inside that eventually overflow into other people's lives. You see, this is I think this is why I love the story of the woman at the well so much. And I've, I've told you this before, but I'll uh, be brief. And 
Jesus stops in Samaria and Samaritans and Jews did not get along back then. It was around noontime, like, you know, the, the, the hottest peak of the sun. And usually women would go out and draw water in the mornings. But this woman at the well went out and drew water at the well at the hottest time of the day. And the reason being is because she had a past and people knew her past. She knew that she had five husbands in the past and um, just, you know, that was really frowned upon. And instead of having to deal with the ridicule and the persecution of that, she would just wait until the hottest part of the day to go draw water from the well. But Jesus met her exactly where she was. And he asked her for a, for some water. And she says, wait a minute, aren't you a Jew? Aren't you not supposed to be talking to me? And this story is in John 4, by the way. And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And then uh, the woman at the well comes up with this, like, oh, so are you saying that you're greater than Jacob, who uh, essentially created that well uh, centuries before Jesus? And it was this whole big thing. And then Jesus finally replied and said, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life now i don't know about y'all but i don't want to be a whitewashed tomb i refuse to go back to that because even though everything looked good on the outside man i was trapped in the inside I was trapped in a life of trying to pursue the the music video life, as I like to call it. I wanted the material things. I wanted the honeys. I wanted the money. And all for what? But just like Jesus met that woman at the well right where she was, Jesus met me right where I was and changed my life completely. So let me encourage you today. Allow Jesus to meet you right where you are and and ask him to change you. My prayer lately has been, Lord, please search me, change me, and use me. So I encourage you today. Allow Jesus to work on those parts of your life that feel like they're dead. I promise you, he will bring those parts back to life. He will pull, he will call you out of that and he'll change that. And I promise you, he will use what the enemy meant for evil and turn it to good. But it's up to us to allow him to do a good work in us. See, Jesus isn't going to bully us and he's not going to bend our arms or twist our arms or beat us up. No. He will wait on us to make a decision and say, Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me all my sins. 
Search me, change me, and use me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I just want to say thank you for every single one of these listeners, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the good work that you're doing in my life. Thank you for changing me from the inside out, Lord. Lord, I pray that every single one of these listeners has that same exact experience. Lord, please show them what parts of their life need change. I know that they know which parts of their lives need change. Work on those obvious parts, Lord. But also show them the parts that aren't so obvious. Allow them to see you in a whole new way. Allow them to experience your transformative power, which will bring life back into them. An overflowing river of life to them, Lord, so that they may overflow into the their coworkers, into their family, into their friends, into their, um, into their kids, into their kids, kids, into generations. Lord, allow them to experience those rivers of living water. Lord, thank you that you impact our lives in ways that the world can never, ever impact. Thank you for your life-giving power and thank you that you've called us to bring life into everybody around us. Thank you that we're conduits of your peace, that we're conduits of your change into this world, Lord. But allow that change to begin with us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. If you have any prayer requests, please feel free to text me at 888-394-0184. Again, that's 888-394-0184. If you like this podcast, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and share. Once again, next week, I will have Pastor Justin Hamilton and Delicia Hamilton on the pod um, and make sure that you check out their YouTube channel. It's Legacy Church AZ. All right, y'all. Love you all. God bless. Peace.